This is the Product and Cake podcast. You heard it in the beginning. We have um, very tasty walnut pastry with us and an awesome topic and great hosts. With me, as always, is Gonche. And Paul is here as well, as you heard it. And so, I'm still eating the yummy cake. <laughs> thank you for providing us with that sound effect in the beginning. Now you need to handle it and I will continue the <laughs> introduction. Um, we're living in remote times, right? And hybrid workplaces and so on. So, Goncha, what is for you the main benefit of a hybrid workplace? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I think one of the things that I really love about hybrid workplace is that you are not going to request every single member of your team to be present at the certain uh, in a certain location. This allows for a lot of accessibility. So in case I have a child at home and I need to take care of the child, I can also work while taking care of my child. I won't be forced to decide between taking care of my child um, and being in the office. It allows for uh, people to be able to live a little bit outside of the city. Um, it allows for people to stay in the comfortable um, way that they need and works for them and also be able to work. So as an example, if I have a broken leg um, and I cannot communicate uh, commute to the office, but I still need to work and I want to work, I I. I'm capable of working, but I am uh, physically disabled, temporary or not even temporary, to uh, to commute to the work on a regular basis, I can still uh, fulfill my duties as normal. And it opens also the the market of talent to be worldwide more. Exactly. Or less. So I think we agree that it is a very nice uh way forward especially in the technology jobs yep. where most of the work is sitting in silence in front of the computer and thinking about deep complicated problems then it makes absolutely no sense to sit in an overcrowded office and have noise cancelling headphones yeah and then have a virtual meeting because not everyone is today in the office so um These are the upsides. But we also have the downside that you lose a very important um, input of information when you are just spending time together in the office and you can see someone, how the person is reacting, mm -hmm. how the person is dealing with certain stuff, if the person is sitting around in the kitchen at a certain time or having lunchtime or whatever. So this informal exchange is uh, totally missing. Yeah, I think... If I want to divide it into two aspects of the issues with working remotely, one is the flow of information would be very different and needs to be intentional. So in a, in a non-remote setting, uh, you're walking uh, beside the kitchen and you suddenly hear two colleagues talking about a project that you're also interested in, you can chime in. But in the remote 
it uh, remote se- uh, setting it needs to be intentional those two colleagues who have that conversation and in some cases those conversations happens um by the water cooler it's not necessarily an intentional conversation that was happening uh, first of all those two colleagues need to intentionally have that conversation and intentionally need to broaden the people who are attending to that conversation. So writing it, for example, in Slack that, hey, we are going to talk about this topic if anyone else is interested, which is not going to be very easy case for a lot of uh, topics that allows for a lot of creativity in the workplace. And then the uh, second part um, is the personal touch and the personal relationship you can build with your colleagues. I think... Um, when, at least for me, when I was in school, most of my close friends um, were people from my school. And after that, when I started working, most of my close, very, very close friends that sometimes are closer than my family are people who I've met through work and uh, there were my colleagues at some point. So we, you lose that uh, connection and that um personal touch of the um of meeting new friends yeah and now you have two uh, ways how to deal with it you could say okay we stop the remote work and everyone is back at his desk at nine o'clock on monday <laughs> um or you start thinking about what benefits do we have using online technologies mm-hmm. and taking into account that we have so much potential in that approach, but we also need to think about again how we are working together and how we create this um, human connections. Yeah. And yeah. again, what I said in the last episode already, what I is kind of the main thought at the moment that we in Germany at least trying to rebuild the office virtually. So mm-hmm. I, I read about ideas that everyone gets a, a headset, a virtual headset, and then you have a 3D environment like a metaverse in, where you're sitting virtually in your <laughs> at your desk and then you can look to your colleague next to you. But we have more possibilities and there are more chances to to achieve great things and maybe also new human connections. And I think a lot of those things that we started because of the remote work setting uh, can now later have it be be also applied in the in-person work settings or in the hybrid work settings. We can, we can still use some of them. Definitely. And maybe one very, very important point, even though I'm a huge fan of remote work and hybrid, we need to have this human connections in the real world. There's no way around it. And we need to set them intentionally for workshops for mm-hmm. offsites for vacation things or yeah recording podcasts in person um <laughs> but it's not the default thing anymore go to the office and then by by accident you have this informational exchange yeah yeah and what is your favorite way that we can stay connected in the remote world <laughs> my most favorite tool is the personal user manual. So the idea is to set up a manual how I can work with you. What was before uh, 
um, what was before developed over time when you're sitting next to your colleagues mm -hmm. and you get to know, oh, I can write them on Slack. They prefer that way of communication. Why not make that explicit? I, I really like this. And also it comes from the devices that we we buy. They Usually when you buy a new device or anything, it comes with a user manual that how to best use this. Why not having this for people And instead of learning through um, hard moments and in a very long time to understand, oh, probably Paul prefers Slack, probably Paul, because of this, this, this reason, has this uh, time schedule for working. So instead, at least what we did in the beginning of our, our team was creating this personal user manual for every member of the team. Each person could write their own questions and their own uh, way of answering them. And it's it's basically a one-page document that describes your style, your preferences, sensibilities, and also it provides some instructions to your coworkers for how you operate as a way to pre uh, prevent communication breakdowns and misunderstandings. Exactly. You, pr you came up with a very awesome list of questions that is now <laughs> used as our official template. And we introduced that personal user manuals in one of our first physical workshops where we spent a day on the golf course and started it with uh, a workshop where we talked about this manuals and the mm -hmm. idea behind. And then we had some time or we took intentionally some time to fill them out and to present them to each other. Yeah, and What I think is very important is not to set a very specific list of questions that everyone has to abide by, but it is something more natural that if you don't feel like answering that question or providing that information, it is completely up to you what information you want to share with your colleagues. But yeah, we prepared a list of um, template questions that you can play with or you can write your own questions based on that. So some of them are, what is my role and what tasks do I want to be involved in? Uh, when do I want to hear from my team? What is my preferred communication methods? Or how do I think? What are my blind spots? What frustrates me? Uh, what frustrates me? Or what am I looking at work? And many, many other questions. And now we, we started with a set of five to six personal user manuals we created in the workshop. And now I see a list, Google Drive is not counting it for me, but uh, roughly 20, 25 um, manuals for a lot of colleagues. So they, they find it then, and even though they were not part of the workshop, but the team was growing and growing, and we shared the link, we mentioned it again, because it's also super important for these kind of tools to mention it over and over again. You can't expect that the people find it somewhere in the drive structure. I mean, some do, of course, <laughs> but um, you could uh, put in more attention into that. And when now someone is reaching out to me and I never met this person before, then I just quickly check the user manual and I get already an idea on how the exactly. person is thinking, what they are caring about. Um, it also contains the question, what are good uh, small talk topics? Mm -hmm. And I love this section the most <laughs> <laughs> because um, it's a super nice way to ask someone hey, I, I read that we have an interest in common or I wanted to dig into that topic and I see you are experienced in that already. Let's have a coffee chat. And so you you create again this human connection. 
Yeah, and I think to be honest, the one of the main reasons that we have this podcast right now is because of that. Because <laughs> we both shared this that okay, we love podcasts, and then Paul started okay, let's have this project, and then we started uh, digging into that project. It was way before that we started to be even colleagues that we had that conversation. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, and. This is super nice and you would never do it if you are full-time in the office, right? It would mm -hmm. be super strange if you have a user manual printed out next to you <laughs> and ask people to read it first. Yeah, but I, I think one of the other ways that we can uh, promote this is that we added this as part of the onboarding of new team members. That when a new person joins, not only the they folder of everyone's personal user manual will be shared with them so they can read through it and understand who is the team, but also uh, one of their uh, tasks is to write their own. And this way it can be shared more. As well as when I'm, as you mentioned as well, when you meet a new person or a new person requests to have a meeting with you, I add this in the meeting notes before our meeting starts, so as the description of the one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting or the coffee chat or the let's get to know each other. I will send this as a preparation for the meeting that, hey, this is my personal user manual. I would be more than happy to read yours. If you do not have one, you can use this template and create one. Yes, this is so brilliant and so important to agree as a team that this should be part of the culture and then mm -hmm. find ways on how to integrate it. Because it yeah. will not happen automatically. You need to put effort in it. And especially from from the leadership team, you they basically need to go in the first place and do exactly that and remind the people again. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you find something in the user manuals, mention it in a team meeting like or create a public podcast so everyone knows <laughs> about it, right? But if you want to have it as a valuable part of your company culture, then you need to put work to create it and then to mention the people again until it is automatically, not automatically, but until it is um, arrived in the culture. Yeah, it, it should be, it should get to a point that you do not need to necessarily think twice about it, that yes, you are meeting a new person for the first time, you will read their personal user manual. And to be honest, When we are talking about it right now, it may feel a little bit robotic that yes, before I someone I want to see someone, I need to read their manual and so on. But it feels really good, and at least uh, to at least to me, it feels really good and really natural that when I see that person, then I'm like, oh, I saw that you have a dog in your personal user manual. How's the dog? And yeah. it just is a cute little icebreaker, and you feel that you know the person a little bit better, even that you've never met them or even if you've never met them in person. Yeah. And it shows that we are all humans in the end and we all have a private life and we are happy to share and connect on it to to create these connections at work that is basically the basement of a high-performance team. And to the extent that we want to allow others inside our private life as well. Yeah. So it's you don't need to mention every single part of your life. But for example, the fact that I have a dog, I want to share this with a lot of people or the fact that I love podcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's your decision what you want to share and what exactly. not, but it gives you the chance and you, you have time to think about it, right? Yeah, you can yeah. write it in a calm moment and then um, update it, it whenever you want. 
So the question is, are we going to make this template public and people can find it in the show notes? That was also my question. <laughs> I think we need to ask legal and then have a process. No, joking. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we will link it in the show notes and feel free to use it and extend it and give us your feedback um, how it is working for you when you implement it to your team. Yeah, we are more than happy to hear what you changed about it and what's your personal twist on this manual. So give it a chance and keep us updated. Thank you. Nice. I think we made a good job in promoting it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So check out the show notes. All right. So thank you for listening up to this point. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And if you have any feedback for us, we would love to hear it, right? Yes, totally. Feedback and questions and also opposite opinions are always welcome. And also if you have any recommendation for us, what topic to talk about, if you have any person in mind that you think we should interview for any specific topic you have in mind, we would love to hear that. So you can send it to us via email. Yeah, sure. Or via social media networks. You will find us, I guess. Yes. There will be some info of how to contact us in the description. Yeah. Look or, for it. Or send it via snail mail to mobility office and write <laughs> CO product and cake podcast. So a lot of people will know about the podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Let's do it. Thank you. And bye again.